that stole Christmas. You know, Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have abundant life. We see that in John 10.10. And as we think of this, our words, his word has great potential. The words we use can bring harm or bring healing. And probably this season we've used words that have not maybe brought healing into a situation. And in our introduction we see this, words have power all of their own. More painful than the bumps we suffer in daily life are the words that wound. How much heartache could be spared from relationships simply by saying nothing? But too often, our tongues are the tool of the enemy. You know, I heard once there was this husband and wife, and they were riding along in the car, and they were on their way back from Christmas dinner with family, and they were unfortunately using very hurtful words toward one another. And then after a period of bashing each other, there was long silence. And then after about an hour, they drove, and they drove by this field of cattle, and the husband, who just couldn't help himself, said, are those relatives of yours? <laughs> and the wife, who was very quick with her speech, said, yes, on my husband's side. <laughs> you know, we laugh at that, but our words have great potential, have, have great opportunity to bring hurt. And, you know, we're still in that season of Christmas celebration, most likely. And we'll have opportunities to get together with family and friends and relatives and my hope, our hope can be that we will not let our words steal Christmas. We will not let our words hurt others. Because our speech has great weight in how we help and encourage the body of Christ. And what I'd like to do is just look at the book of Proverbs mainly and see many thoughts on this idea of words that hurt. Words that hurt. You know, Proverbs are a great tool for wisdom. In fact, there's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. The, uh, Solomon, who we know is uh, a very wise person, wrote many of these Proverbs. And, and, and it's kind of a cool picture because it's early on in his kingship, and he's writing many of these Proverbs, and he's giving them to his son to, to in, encourage wisdom with them. But this idea of Proverbs, a proverb is a Hebrew word that, that simply means to rule or, or to govern. And so these principles, these, these proverbs that we'll look at this morning, are, are, are proverbs that can go govern our life, can lead our life. They're short statements typically that summarize a, a wise principle. And a proverb we all probably like and have all shared is Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. 
in all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your paths is, is the older translation that talks about this verse. But that idea of this word, that, that speech, that, that direction from him can help us know what path to take as we do life. So look with me as we go through this at, at six types of speech, six words, six phrases that can steal and can destroy. And the first word I'd like us to consider this morning is the word lying. Lying. And beside lying on your notes there, you have the idea of being honest, which is the opposite of lying. And Proverbs 12 gives us a great thought on this idea of uh, of truth here. It says, an honest witness tells the truth, but a false witness tells lies. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And then it says, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Deceit in the hearts of those who plot evil Deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. And then stay with me, two more verses. No harm overtakes the righteous, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. And the Lord detests lying lips. The Lord hates lying lips, and he delights in people who are trustworthy. So, telling the truth, being honest, God gives us great insight. He, he tells us that we should be honest, truthful. As a follower of Christ, we should be the most truthful people in all the world. And, and God hates lying. In fact, he lists a bunch of things in Proverbs 6 that he hates, and one of those is lying. He hates a tongue that lies. In fact, a couple weeks ago, I think it was the first sermon Jonathan mentioned on this, he talked about King Herod. And he, and he mentioned how Herod wasn't an honest man at all, and how he lied, and he said, to the wise man, he goes, go find this king so I can serve him. And what was he doing? He was lying. He wanted to kill the king. He wanted to be in charge. So, so again, Herod was one who was full of lies and is a, a great example for us of what not to be. And, and what's great about the opposite of lying is truth. Jesus tells us in John 8, verses 31 and 32, this. To the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples. You're true followers of me. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What a, what a great passage for us. You'll know the truth, and, and whose truth? Jesus. Knowing him as truth gives us an opportunity to be set free and to be truthful people. And boy, again, God wants you and me to be truthful people, to be honest people. You know, there's an example of a truthful person here. A police officer stopped this driver, and he was speeding, and he pulled him over, and the, the man rolled down his window and said, what's the problem, officer? The officer said, you were going at least 75 in a 55 zone, said the officer. His response, no, sir, I was just going 65. His wife in the side seat there says, Oh, Harry, you were doing 80 miles an hour, said the man's wife in the seat next to him. So the man gives her a dirty look. He also said, I'm going to give you a ticket for your broken taillight. The man said, Broken taillight? 
I don't have a broken tail light. The wife beside said, Harry, you've known about that broken tail wet light for weeks. The response, another dirty look. Have you ever noticed those dirty looks? What are they? You know, they speak, don't they? Uh, I remember my mom would say, you're giving me a dirty look. I said, well, what's that? Well, you got dirt. I don't know. Anyway, stay with me on this. Broken tail light. He said, I'm also going to give you a citation for not wearing your seatbelt, said the officer. Oh, but I just took it off when you came back to the car to see me, protested the man. The wife said, Harry, you never wear your seatbelt. His response, you're going to be sorry if you don't keep that mouth of yours shut. Strong words. So the police officer then turns to the woman and asks, ma'am, does your husband talk to you that way all the time? Her response, no, sir, only when he's drunk. <laughs> now, here's a very truthful wife. And the response, of course, seriously, is God wants us to be honest people, to be truthful people. And as we let his word indwell us and lead us, we can be truthful. You know, it's sad, but many people have lost the ability to distinguish truth from what the, they really wish was true. I remember dealing with a young man years ago in my first ministry. He begot, became so good at lying that he didn't even realize he was lying or telling the truth. He, he had become so delusioned with his words, with his speech, with his actions. And, and what was amazing was his, his, his convincing way was he'd start to, well, maybe he is telling the truth. But it was far from him. You know, our lies bring deceit. They alienate alienate ourselves from the truths and from God. And, and, and what's bad about not being a truthful person, you lose credibility. Relationships are broken when truth is not part of our life. Proverbs 24, verse 26 says, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. And you know, who doesn't like that? If you're married, of course. And if your wife brushes her teeth. <laughs> students, you're not allowed to kiss, though. If you kiss on the lips, you'll die, and stuff will start falling all over you. That's not truthful, but don't be kissing. Anyway. <laughs> Honest individuals, keep truth as always your main theme as you do life. Be a truthful person. There's a second type of speech. And again, these are words that steal. These are words that destroy. And that's the idea of gossiping. Gossiping. And sometimes we get really good at gossiping. Well, let me just share with you what's going on in this person's life because we need to pray for them. And prayer is the furthest thing from your agenda. You just want to spread gossip. And Proverbs 18 tells us this. The mouths of fools are, are their undoing. And their lips are a snare to their very lives. And then it says, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down deep to the innermost parts. Choice morsels. In fact, one uh, translation calls them tasty trifles. And, and that idea of you, how we swallow them. And, and probably all of us at times, we, we want to hear gossip. 
but it's not really there to help in any way. It's there to hurt. And the gossip, the, the talebearer, they're those who secretly carry stories. They carry them from person to person. Perhaps these stories have maybe a little bit of truth to them, but they are secrets that do not need to be told. And you know, often that these words that are shared, they're, they're spoken with, with misrepresentation, with, with a slant that can hurt the person's reputation, and they break friendships. They break relationship. And what do they do? They build walls. And, and friends, if we could just grasp not being a people who, who like to share and, and give away information, it's not bringing edification. That's not building up. In Proverbs 11, verse 13, we read, A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Boy, if we could just be people who, who we know when stuff's shared with us specifically, we're going to keep that, we're going to pray over that, we're going to help that person, we're going to help the situation. <clears throat> we're not going to blab, blab, and blab. In Proverbs 17, 9, we read, Whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. So, realize weight of our words, that our words bring great weight. You know, one of the first connect groups we ever were part of, or I was ever part of, was a, was a book that was written by Joseph Stoll, and it was called The Weight of Our Words and how our words can bring help, how our words can promote healing, or how our words can hurt, and how our words can, can, can destroy a relationship. And boy, if we could just be people who, who, who are people that, that gossip, that, that, that is far from our lips, what a legacy we'd leave. What an impact we'd leave on people, on our church. You know, the Christmas story, we referred to Herod. Think with me about Joseph for a minute, the father of Jesus. An angel comes to him, says, hey, your wife's with child. And, and, and I'm sure it was very mind-blowing to him. And, and he, well, I hadn't been with her. And, and, and you know, he, he pondered this, and he listened, and he, and he realized that, hey, your wife's carrying Jesus. Your wife's carrying Emmanuel. And, and, and yet, here's a man who you know, had to probably hear a lot of gossip. Well, Mary's pregnant, you know. And Joseph defending himself possible. He's not, you know, he, he's the Christ child. Yeah, right. And sometimes even our church friends, yeah, that's not true. And see, when we think of his integrity, we, we think of a man who, who pressed in close to Jesus and trusted Jesus in the situation. Let the words of, of gossip, of being a talebearer, be far from you. So those are the first two, lying and gossiping or talebearing. There's a third one, and I, I, I hate to mention this because this one's for me, talking too much. Yep, that's right. And the opposite of that is be slow to speech. And what a neat proverb we see in Proverbs 10, verse 19. Listen to this. It says, in the multitude of words... Sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. And here Solomon gives us this thought, Gary, the more you talk, the multitude of your words, <laughs> you're going to probably sin more. So the more we th talk, 
the, the more potential for sin. And, and boy, <laughs> listen, be slow to speak, James tells us. And I, I, I love to talk. I do. I enjoy. I wake up talking. And I, I, I do. And then you give me a cup of coffee. A cup of coffee. <laughs> I can't talk either sometimes, but I'm trying to talk. You give me some coffee, and then I really like to talk. But you know, a, a person finds joy in giving an apt reply, Proverbs 15, 23 says. And how good is a timely word. And you know, our words spoken in an appropriate way with good timing impact. They encourage you know there's a lot of things going on here this week at the church there was a funeral uh, and and uh, I started to prepare for the baptism and that's something I've just taken on I I made sure we get water in the tank and I make sure it gets nice and warm and uh, there's a little process to that there's a valve that needs to be closed there's a couple hoses that need to be hooked up and joined together and and a little chlorine we put in the water, that type of thing. So I'm filling the tank early in the week, and the other young staff is here, Jonathan and Christian and Wes. By the way, two of the three aren't here today, and I'll tell you why, because of how I dealt with them. <laughs> Not really. So they decided, these guys, and I, think, I really think it was Jonathan, because he's kind of the ringleader in a lot of stuff around here. I'm just... That's really not gossip. That's truth. <laughs> so here's what happened. They decide that they're going to mess with me. And, and again, when I'm doing processes, I just don't like to be bothered. So the first thing they do, I get the water all hooked up, and I start filling it up, and I always go make sure the tank's filling. And, and then Jonathan comes and leaves over the tank. He goes, I just love water. And I'm thinking, what's he even up here for? And, and, and what's happening is the water's not even filling the tank. I think, I know I turned that valve. So I go and check the valve, and the valve was open. So I close the valve again. And then I decide to check it again, and, and I go, and there's no water running in to the baptismal tank. So <laughs> what happened was they, they, they turned the water off, and then they disconnected the hose. And then they turned the water back on. Wasting water, by the way. Deacons, did you get that? I mean... <laughs> So they're wasting the water. So I'm trying to join the hose together right out there by the door there. And I lean over, and water's just running all over me. It's running up my sleeves. And, you know, it was cooler that. It was Monday or Tuesday, so it was cooler. And, and I'm, I'm using words, and I'm thinking words, and I'm thinking, I'm going to get those dudes. And I started. And then I see Jonathan. He's filming the whole thing. <laughs> So I'm thinking, man, I'm, so I said, so I'm going to tell Brian. You know what Brian did? He laughed. <laughs> so so I, I guess I was kind of the family joke at their Christmas gathering, you know, of what was going on. So I say all that because I just want to tell you, <laughs> we have a good time around here. But the whole idea is that, that I was thinking things. I, I, I spewed. I just let them have it, boy. I said, you know, you guys need to get a real job and find something to do around here. <laughs> And, but, but, but my words weren't spoken in a nice way. I, 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 and, of course, we, I did finally laugh. Once we got the tank filled and the water got warmed up, and, you know, it was, it was okay after that. But, but, again, be careful of talking too much. And then talking too soon is another one. 
And, and boy, Proverbs gives us great wisdom. You know that person who just uses timely words that just know how to speak right into your life because they're, they're not doing it to, to, to hurt you. They're doing it to help you. Listen to Proverbs 18. It says, before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. A humble person genuinely listens. A humble person really hears the whole story before jumping into a situation. You know, it makes me think of Mary. So why don't we just look at her just for a minute in Luke 2. Mary in Luke 2. You know, the shepherds came to her in verse 8. Or the shepherds were living out in the field nearby, and it says they're keeping watch over their flock at night, and the angel appeared to them, the Bible says. And then they said in verse 8, 11, Today in the town of David a Savior's been born, and he's the Messiah. And in verse 14, we're told that glory to God in the highest in heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. The angel left the shepherds and gone into heaven, and they said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see what's happening. And then it says, they hurried off, verse 16. They found Mary, Joseph, and the baby. They were lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And then it says this about Mary. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. She, traced, she listened. She let God speak to her. You know, when we're speaking, we can't be listening. And, and I see here that Mary was a, a great listener, and she's listening to the truth of what God is saying to her, and God is saying, and she's pondering them in her heart. She's like, yeah. And boy, what a good principle for us to learn from the Christmas story here on this idea of being good listeners. We're often guilty of not listening. We jump to conclusions before we should. Listen patiently to people. In fact, don't be thinking about what you're going to say to those people as they're talking to you about a situation. That's what I get guilty of sometimes. I'm thinking, well, this is how I'm going to answer this. And I'm thinking in my mind, rather than listening to what is being said, you know, I have a good friend, you know, I'll be talking to him about a situation, and, 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 and what he'll do is he'll just keep repeating. He said, so what you're saying is this. And I say, yeah. And so what you mean by all this is this. And he's repeating the situation, repeating the process over to me, and he's, he's giving good counsel as a result. James, my brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Listen more than we talk. Don't say too much too soon. Often I'll leave a situation and I'll say, man, I wish I hadn't said that. All right? I shouldn't have said that. Study the situation process, ponder the situation. Several years ago, I have a, uh, two daughter-in-laws, and my one daughter-in-law said to me, and she was being very respectful. I had said something I shouldn't have said and gotten involved in a situation I shouldn't have said, and she said this, loose lips sink ships. And I thought, oh, 
I'm not getting her a Christmas present. Okay, <laughs> but, but I'm thinking, okay, and what she, it's, a, it's a neat principle. It's, a, it's not in the Proverbs, but it's a, it's a proverb that is a man-made proverb. I mean, you could build this into the scriptures because you could find this, but, but loose lips sink ships. Be careful of what you say. Talking too much, talking too soon. And then there's two more, flattery, flattery. The opposite of flattery would be honest encouragement. Honest encouragement. Those who flatter their neighbors are spreading nets for their feet. What's flattery? It's like perfume. It smells good, but don't swallow it. Don't be a flatterer. Be a person who, who uses your words wisely and is very sincere in your encouragement. You know, in Proverbs 7, you know, Solomon gives us great wisdom, and he's talking to a son. This is a great thing for us dads and granddads as we talk to our kids and our grandkids. And he says this in Proverbs 7. He says, My son, keep my words. Store up my commands within you. Keep my commands, and you'll live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. And then look what he goes on and says. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you're my sister, and to insight, you're my relative. And then he goes and he starts talking to his son about the woman that flatters, the adulterous woman. He says, they will keep you from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words. Speaking of wisdom here, and how that, that, that flattery can get in the way and how it can seduce us, and, and it's not a pretty thing. And, and, he, and he continues on. This is a very long section of the proverb. He says in verse 21, he says, With persuasive words, she led him astray, and she seduced him with her smooth talk. He was like an ox going to the slaughter. So be careful. And then he ties in the whole idea, Son, listen to me in verse 24. Pay attention to what I say. Wise counsel. God's word is such wise counsel. And, and listening to it and letting the truths of it permeate your life and become full of your life to where it, it, it leads you. You're not being led astray by flattery, by untruths, by things that, that don't matter for eternity. Flattery. And then one final word that we speak, or words, and that is harsh words. Harsh words. This is number six. The opposite, of course, would be graciousness. You know, I, I know we can be so quick to hurt with our speech. You know, that little phrase as kids, maybe uh, you said this, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Well, that's not true because words hurt. Probably a lot of us can remember back to words that, that just were said to us by loved ones, by friends that have just really hurt. I remember as a kid, uh, seventh grade, and of course, uh, school wasn't <laughs> a great part of my, I, I went to school, I, I, could, I did my assignments, but I just had a hard time in school. And uh, in fact, I tell people second grade were three of the greatest years of my life. <laughs> and, uh, but I remember uh, I'm in seventh grade in school again, I, uh, English class, literature class, I think it was a mix, and I'm in class. And the assignment we had for that, that class that day was to, to, to read, to, to watch a newspaper, excuse me, to watch something on TV 
And then we were to report on what we watched on TV as if it was an article in the newspaper. So we watched a TV show, and then we were to, to write it. So <laughs> it was uh, October, September, October, uh, and Pittsburgh was playing Cincinnati in the playoffs in baseball. And there's one thing I could watch. It was baseball. And, and one thing I read a lot was about sports. And I, I read the newspaper. And uh, so I knew how, you know, so, so I watched the game, and, and, I, and, I, and I watched the game intently. Pittsburgh was down uh, two runs in the home half of the seventh, and Willie Stargell comes up, hits a two-run homer. Pittsburgh went ahead, and now they're going back to Cincinnati for game seven. The winner of that will, will play in the World Series. And so I, so I write this article, and I was so proud because I did it good. And I, and I didn't copy it, I promise. I did not copy it out of the newspaper. So I get to class, and I turn it in, and the next day I can see the teacher pulls me. And again, it was her, my fault because of the student I was, I think. But she said, this isn't your writing. You copied this out of the newspaper. And, and I... I remember the, the defeat. That, and again, to me, they were harsh words, but they hurt me. But I remember it's like, this is my work. I mean, I, I finally did something good in school. And, 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 I get, and I didn't tell anybody. In fact, I didn't tell anybody until years later, and I told my wife about that. And, of course, she defended me, and she says, well, if I had been your teacher, you know. But, again, those, the harshness of, uh, of, of what, how that hurt. So, so again, hurts can hurt us, and, and they go with us. Harsh words. Proverbs tells us a gentle... Well, I skipped one because I don't want to leave this out. It's really good. I just found this as I was putting this sermon together a couple weeks ago. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Isn't that a great verse in, in Philippians? Let your graciousness be known to everyone. Proverbs 15. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. So gentle words, words that bring hope, words that bring healing. Harshness should be far from our lips. Application this morning. As we ponder the new year, and as we think of our words this morning, in your application, there's a place you can fill in these words if you'd like. Will my words help the situation? Am I the one to say this? Does this need to be said? Is this the right time? Or think this, TNK. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? TNK. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we have power <clears throat> with our words to change lives. I'll never forget in 1980, uh, my wife came into my life. She wasn't my wife at the time. She didn't even know she was going to be my wife, but I thought she's mine. And uh, she came into my life, and we're working at this Christian camp in Millersburg, Ohio. And uh, she wanted to have devotion together, read the scripture together. And of course, I had a lot of insecurities about reading out loud and, and, and that type of thing. And I remember, well, 
I'm going to do it. So it might have been a proverb. I remember reading to her, and I finished reading, and, and you know what she said? You read perfectly fine. Maybe I can't read. You know, it's like that encouragement, those words, you read perfectly fine. I remember those too. So our words can impact. Our words can help. Let me leave you two, two words before we pray. Don't, two verses actually, Ephesians 4.29, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And the message says it this way, watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each, each word and be a gift. And then Psalm 19, verse 14 says this. It actually says Proverbs on your outline. That's incorrect. It should say Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So will you bow your heads with me this morning? Will you reflect on your words? Will you use some words now as it, we're in this quiet moment to talk to Jesus? And if you're comfortable, you can, if you're sitting with someone you know well, pull in close to them that's beside you and huddle up and have a little prayer with them. What a great way is we think of the new year ahead of us to ponder and to think of him to think of his truth to talk to him to confess sin to talk about man my words are are too much my words are too soon my words are not helpful my words don't bring help they bring hurt talk to Jesus take time Jesus, we just want to thank you for the Christmas season. This time that we've had opportunity to celebrate you with family and friends and loved ones. Lord, I, I pray that you'd help me, that you'd help us obey you. We're about to enter a new year. Help us make good choices. Help us avoid lying and gossiping talking too much, talking too soon, flattery, and harsh words. And Lord, my desire, our desire is that our eyes would be open. Help us realize, Lord, that the devil is full of lies. He's full of flattery. He wants to get us sideways and off path. So Lord, thank you for coming to this earth. Thank you, Lord, that we can use our words to share the gospel that we can use our words to help to build up the body. And Lord, I pray that we would be a church 
be individuals that we're known that speak help, not hurt. So, Lord, as we dismiss, our prayer is that we'd honor you, that we'd live for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with me as we dismiss this morning? I remind you in your handout, read those things that's going on with our church. Uh, Next Sunday we'll be back to normal with connect groups, with uh, two uh, gatherings. Um, Also a new connect group that's starting, that's in your handout. Be aware of that. And uh, that's all we have. Happy New Year. Thanks for coming and be careful of what you say. We're dismissed.